Welcome back to the Seek String Podcast. Uh, we're back with Seb from Weightlifting House. Um, Zach was supposed to be here, but we're not sure. He may appear at some point. Um, we're not. We'll, you'll obviously know when you're listening to this. Uh, we just want to talk a little bit about the recent shit show that is the IWF. Um, so anyone not li- so we've a lot of non-weightlifters listening. So I'll just give a really, 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 really fast like three sentence kind of cliff notes of what happening. Basically, we had Germans investigated the IWF reporters. Corruption kind of PDF came out. Uh, corruption for dummies basically came out. But yeah. three, four months ago, our uh, great leader, Thomas Ingen, <laughs> was fired. A, an American woman took over Ursula Papandrea, is it? Is that how you say her second name? Papin. Ah. We'll just call her Ursula from now on. And then she essentially, at the weekend, a board meeting, meeting was held without her present and they fired her basically as the interim president and obviously this looks terrible for the sport because the IOC were pretty happy with Ursula and Phil Andrews was also ousted as well I believe and the IOC were like what the fuck are you doing and obviously the whole weightlifting world is like what the fuck are you doing so we're just gonna really what this means is this looks absolutely terrible for a sport who basically relies on being in the Olympics and now the fact that it is genuinely in jeopardy that the IOC released a statement uh, not so subtle hint that they were going to be elim- potentially eliminated or looked at eliminating from the 2024 Olympics having been threatened more times than you can count in the last three or four years about being removed from the Olympics and uh, Seb did a very, very good new weightlifting news video on his yesterday on Weightlifting House YouTube. So he covered everything in detail. If you're very interested and you want to go see more, we'll show that in the links of this, the cliff notes of this. But uh, Seb, just as just Seb now, this isn't Weightlifting House talking. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, there's no better man to get an opinion off. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling? Um, I, don't, I feel like, I, you know, naturally I'm an optimist. Yeah. So I, I you know, when it comes down to it, I think weightlifting will remain in in the olympics but i don't think it's going to remain in the olympics because oh it's just weightlifting and that's how it is i think that it will remain in the olympics because people are going to do something hopefully enough to you know force some level of reform or reform and then you know because of that the ioc will start looking more fondly on weightlifting but i don't think that's going to happen without you know extreme changes and it just so happens that it's going to have to be more of a change now that we've got to take over this new uh, Thai coach who's now for some reason in charge of the IWF, the, despite being, you know, one of the one of the, the baddies in the, yeah. in the whole McLaren report. Do you have the quote there from him having handing a bags of cash handy? Uh, I probably do, actually. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to read out a little quote from... So here it is. So this is a quote from the McLaren report. Um the vote broker distributing the $5,000 cash bribe from a bag in his possession in 2010 was said to be Major General Interat Yodbang Toei, the first vice president of the IWF. So that guy who was literally <laughs> sort of working for Tomas Ayan, handing out actual bags full of actual cash <laughs> to coaches or to, to people on the board to, you know, to continuously vote Tomas Ayan, yeah. that guy now is in charge of the the sport basically and and then the fact that he then comes from a country that itself was banned from its own world championships not allowed to compete the olympics like they are about as as criminal uh, a a country with regards to weightlifting as there is and uh the head of that has somehow now been voted in by the rest of the executive (laughs) board which shows that it ran the corruption ran deeper than tomas i am yeah you know like what this is so shocking to anyone involved Mm -hmm. in this is that it's 
if they wanted to keep a good thing going, this was the last thing they should have done. Like this makes, yeah. this is just absolutely, it's from any way you look at it, it's almost shocking that it's happened. Mm-hmm. But if you have any involvement, the IWF at any levels internationally or otherwise, you'll know that this is, when you re- when you look at past behavior, you should not be shocked, basically. Yeah. Like just the level of absolute, just out of touchness, if that's not even a phrase, but it should be for them, is extreme. It's just the untouchables. Yeah. Like they, yeah, that's it, how it feels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like they're, if they wanted to continue doing this and if they wanted to keep getting away with stuff along these lines, they get an American or someone from the UK or someone from Norway to sit on the board as like some sort of puppet, look to be doing the right things. More importantly, keep the IOC happy. And then they just continue with everything else. Like, it's outrageous that they're so out of touch with how the modern world works that they're just like, no, 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 no American, no American. Um, Yeah, and then it just gets his buddy in to be the president now. Yeah, it's it's almost like they've given up with even bothering with any type of facade. Yeah. You yeah, know, like yeah. before they could at least pretend they were hiding these things. But I feel like it shows a couple of things. One of the things that it shows is that Ursula was not bribable. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like if like I, I can only imagine that the best thing for them, if they want to keep the sport, you know, somewhat corrupt so that they can keep making extra money through bribes, the best thing for them would be to have someone like Ursula as the face mm-hmm. and then still be able to get away with it by bribing her. That's so clearly she's, yeah. you know, got a lot of integrity in her, at least with regards to this, to to basically turn that down. That's very true. Um, actually, yeah. yeah. But then it also shows that, yeah, they, I mean, it's almost like they got to that final stage and they thought, there's no point us even like pretending now. This is the last thing we can yeah. do. Because like <laughs> what um Niku Vlad wants, like is so transparently, you know, in his, for his own favor, like, his country is responsible for so many doping violations. I think every Romanian who competed in 2016 has now been popped. And, you know, if it's not for the fact that they don't test or they don't take their current athletes to trial before the Olympics, they're not even allowed to go to the Olympics because they've had so many pops. So him saying, like, we want to change things, we want to change the way qualification happens, is just so that he can allow more Romanians to compete in the Olympics. And it's like, it's so self-centered, really, when you look at it. It doesn't matter that he was a six snatcher. He's just, oh. <laughs> you know, he's ruining it now. One of the, later. Literally one of the greatest weightlifters ever. Like it's Yeah, for sure. It's actually upsetting that he's he was such a good weightlifter. If he was just a crook all along, you'd be like, ah, look, that's what crooks do, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But from the man with the heaviest ever double body weight snatch, you'd like... He's, Gabriel told me, I remember talking about the other week, and he said he squatted 300 for three in training or whatever at like 100 kilos body weight. Probably wow. did like 210, 260 or something in training. Who knows? Like just beautiful technique and now he, he looks like a piece of shit <laughs> yeah yeah it's, yeah oh it's a little bit upsetting like does that happen i'm trying to think how many other sort of sporting greats turned out to be awful people i'm not sure there are maradona yeah i think <laughs> oh yeah yeah well enough. he didn't turn out to be wasn't he always no but it looks like yeah i think so yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. that actually doesn't happen in any other sports it's just weightlifting and just attracts these people like I think it does. Well, I think it just, I, th- I think all sports attract some level of self-centeredness and, yeah. Yeah. you know, an egotistical na- like behavior. And that, that, I think that that makes sense. That is who you'd imagine would get involved in sports to the highest level. But, yeah, you know, when that sporting career is over and those internal, you know, temperaments have to express themselves in some other way, it can turn into some pretty me first type 
uh, decisions, you know, which which then make everybody else who's not that me kind of, you know, fall by the wayside. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what's happening now. Yeah, I think that yeah. kind of, like, raises the point that, like, so from our point of view on the outside, so people who just love the sport because we like the sport, I think um, we're too focused on the doping. Like, the doping just for them is a means to ends. They couldn't mm. give a shit that Lash is snatching mm. 222 or they don't care that Miso did, like, you know, you did the top three event, most viewed Instagram videos. And, like, they couldn't give a f- absolute shit about any of that. They don't care. Like, just the doping facilitates a mean for bribery. Yeah. Like, it's mm. just so that... Well, the anti-doping facilitated. Or the lack of Yeah, yeah. The facade of that just facilitates. Like, they don't... They're just in their little circle and they just don't care what happens, really. They just want to make yeah. money. Like, this might as well be... Like, Thomas Ajan used to play, like badminton like or a gymnast or something like he was never even a weightlifter like yeah, yeah. he was like yeah. this organization is susceptible it's going to get in there and then like it's just oh it's it like but the control of anti-doping is like the control of plane tickets and the only place you can play a sport is on this island you have to fly to mm-hmm. and they have the control over the plane tickets yeah joe like yeah that's it nobody's is. getting there without doping and therefore nobody's getting away yeah 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 <laughs> that's a good way of saying it. and if you are so uh, soaping uh sailing then you're just like you're one of the clean countries who gets there and they're already fucked yeah, yeah 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 you have <laughs> you to you, anyway. you have to swim to the island and you're so tired by the time you get there you can't lift <laughs> that's basically natural weightlifting really. yeah yeah yeah, yeah by, by the time you get to the competition you're already ruined from all the training <laughs> <laughs> the olympics is the competition um uh, have you t- so sarah uh sarah davis is uh she's like the athlete kind of like representation represent- yeah. yeah does she have any power is it just a figurehead as as um i i mean i think she's supposed to have powers you know i think she's supposed to be there or at least be informed of all of these executive meetings so that you know the, the whole point is that she is you know the voice of the competitive athletes but she wasn't you know notified about this meeting going ahead i, I think Purposefully, a lot of people weren't notified. Obviously, Phil and Ursula weren't notified, uh, and nor was she. So I think she's supposed to have some level of of say in what goes on, but they're suppressing that as much as possible because obviously it doesn't fit with their with their agenda. And if, if they had if they had an athlete who would, um, you know, look favorably upon what they're doing, I'm sure they'd give them more yeah. more of a voice in their meetings. But no, but, but I mean, it seems like she's doing a good thing. Like I'm, I'm assuming you guys have seen the the vote thing that she's got going around yeah, at the moment. The petition. Um, yeah, the petition, which I signed earlier. And that was at like 2000 when I signed it. And it's already at, you know, 6,000 or something yeah. now. So I don't know what, what kind of say that will have. I don't know if it'll make a difference, but at the very least, I think it will let the executive board know that we think that they're a bunch of dickheads. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, we're, we're not happy with the way that we're handling, that they're handling things. Yeah. Um. So I, I suppose the big thing is like, it's for the uh, IOC to see that, really. Yeah. Mm. Like, like, whether the IOC then could take that as being like, oh, the weightlifting public understand how corrupt it is and understand that things are wrong and they want change. I suppose that's probably what the outcome of that could be. Because I don't think, like, I don't think anyone on the board is going to be like, oh, no, the lads think we're dickheads. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. the IOC think they're dickheads. And they know that, and they still just keep going. They're still you know? doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's gonna, it's gonna take the IOC to see it to, you know, enforce something big. Yeah, and that might just be like, a, I mean, I think in March of 2021, so like seven months from now, six months, it's gonna be, you know, there's a full vote for for the board again. So it could be a chance that you know the whole thing has changed, 
but the problem is if, if those guys are in charge and we already know that they bribe votes like how how likely is it that we get a real vote at yeah. that time like i'm not really sure yeah so yeah it was, we were only talking about it last week like the federation in ireland is just a bit of a disaster um really yeah it's just well yeah in the last five years there's probably been two major uh like instances where people were like ousted uh it's just the same as a lot of amateur organizations where you get Mm -hmm. people involved but um looking at the irish federation now we're like oh shit this is grand (laughs) you know like yeah yeah yeah, this is nowhere near as bad as what the international federation is no uh i feel like yeah british weightlifting have they've like made their statement now against this Mm -hmm. usa has and then phil andrews ceo of usa weightlifting sent an email out to the heads of every country federation basically just saying like you guys all need to stand with us but basically we all need to stand together but like we'll initiate it um and hopefully that will then be enough to to make some changes with the board but yeah i don't know i mean who knows like maybe maybe we will leave the olympics and uh you know maybe we won't be an olympic sport again but i don't think that's going to be the end of weightlifting if that does happen it won't be ideal but i I, you know people are innovative innovative enough and there's enough demand for high level weightlifting and participation that it will continue it will just be in some other avenue i imagine yeah like i can't see the board as it is being totally just eradicated and then suddenly being like okay okay yeah i know we were wrong we had a good thing going now it's over um we'll just let other people come in like i just can't see that yeah. happening like i see i feel like it's on a runaway carriage now and like wherever it's going it, it's just going to end because i don't think they obviously like yeah the last few days events just show that obviously they just don't care or are so oblivious to it that it makes no difference to their actions like yeah yeah i'm, I'm just looking at the um at this article that we put up because i remember there was something in it about oh here it is there's something that's happening in december is um so the ioc executive board will meet in december to decide quotas for paris 2024 so yeah i guess it's in december of this year so it's very close the yeah. ioc is going to decide whether or not we're there and then the the president of that thomas back is that his name he he's already basically like in no uncertain terms said if you don't sort things out you'll be out yeah and then it's just disappointed that it's March that is the time when we're able to vote for, you know, some changes. So uh, I think it's going to have to be outside of the book style way of, of, of changing what's going on. But it doesn't give us long at all to, to make any change. And no. I don't think people know how. That's that's the problem. Because I think clearly the, the executive board don't really care, like you were saying, they yeah. don't really care about what the public opinion is on them because they're just still able to to make their money and it doesn't affect them because you know they, they don't necessarily see all the news in the media i mean you could just stay off being online and looking at reddit weightlifting and you wouldn't know that anything was happening so. yeah. you still wake yeah. up in your bed that's surrounded by bundles of cash <laughs> bags of cash that you're allowed to hand out yeah. yeah was there something significant about the last few days like was there something coming to a head or was it they just literally got so fed up with this and they learned how to use skype and then they knew they could have a meeting by themselves was it like what happened no there was um some of the board had decided that they wanted to change the way that the qualification for this olympics was going to happen because obviously there's been this 18 month procedure mm-hmm. and then, you know, we haven't been able to finish it out. And technically it's supposed to go on until the end of April, 2021, but the chances of there being competitions during that period are still 
possibly pretty slim. Even if they push them right back until April, like the final month possible, I still, you know, maybe they happen, but maybe they don't. And then also if they do, there's a problem with, you know, some athletes have been able to train over the last year. Others haven't had the facilities because they've been stuck at home. So there's some level of unfairness. So some of the board are basically saying we need to wipe this entire slate clean, ignore the fact that people have, you know, spent the last 18 months competing all the time and just do like a good old fashioned ranking list of every weight class and the top 10 performances go. And so that obviously then favors, it favors Iran, it would favor Thailand, it would favor um, Romania, yeah. it favors some of the countries basically that weren't necessarily going to do so well, because I think in part of their idea of doing this ranking list, they were also going to get rid of the whole idea that if you had been popped as a country multiple times, you could only take one person. So suddenly all the countries that you know could see themselves doing better because of this decided they wanted to do that. Oh, and then yes. all the countries that were like, but hang on a second, like, all these athletes have trained knowing what was going to happen. You can't discredit them just because they followed the rules in the first 12 months and you guys didn't. So there was like a, a bit of a rift appearing. And then, and then literally that, that happened like 24 hours later, I think Nicky Vlad was just called this secret meeting sort of under the table style, just to get as many people on the board as possible to vote her out. And it's crazy as well that there are that many people on the board who would want to vote her out. I kind of assumed that with, uh, Tamasayan gone, hmm. that the pressures to be corrupt might be removed as well. Obviously not. Yeah. And that was probably, you know, short thinking to, to, to imagine that it's just one bad person. Cause it never is like, no. you know, there is no such thing really as good and bad. Like it's, it's, a, it's shades of gray. Like people are both good and bad all the time. All bad people have some good things All good people have some bad things. And I think it was a nice idea to think that you remove Tamasayan and suddenly the, idea that's going to be good but clearly there are still people who are just set in their ways who've been doing things a certain way for so long they're used to a certain you know style of living yeah and they don't want to change that just because some american is now in charge but it's, it's highly unlikely you get rid of tomasa and and it's like oh i hated handing out bags of cash for all these years <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or we'll welcome in our new leader Thomas or Thomas Allen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just tied in with a, like a fake glasses and a mustache. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the sort of thing they would try and pull. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That would be so fun. You know, that yeah. happened before. The, a weightlifter from, uh, fuck, I can't think where he's from, uh, somewhere Eastern European. He tested positive twice, and this is when you get a lifetime ban from weightlifting. Igor something was his name. And so. Emanov? Oh, oh, they, the, they changed the, his passport. The, the really big guy. No, no, super. no, no, no. He was really, he was really, he was a very light lifter. So he, oh. uh, he competed, uh, test, he test positive twice, got banned for life. Uh, <laughs> the country changed his passport for him. They issued him, I think it might have been Moldova. They issued him, sorry if it's not Moldova, yeah. no, because, uh, but the Moldova is a pretty dirty <laughs> weightlifter. Yeah. So they reissued him a new passport with a new name and a new date of birth and stuff. And he was competing until someone at the competition, I think it was a 20. Uh, twenty might have been twenty thirteen Europeans were like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. you look familiar. You're banned twice, <laughs> and then you had to ban him again. Like that is <laughs> that is absurd. It, uh, Igor something is his name. I'll, I'll, um, I'll yeah. see if I went it later, but like that that just sums up weightlifting. Like wearing the same shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like he wasn't even that good either, which is what I remember. He was just like mediocre, but he was just still just like meh, weightlifting. Yeah, Moldova's got a couple. Like they've got that guy, um, Robu. Marin, he's a 73. I post him sometimes because he has like this stanky oh. knee when he catches snatches. Yeah. Like yeah. amazing yeah. how his knee comes in. And then they've got this woman who, well, they don't have her anymore. 
you know Christina Iovu. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I love talking about her because whenever yeah. I like mention her on the podcast, I have to say we have the Moldovan-born. Um, she was Azerbaijan, wasn't it? Azerbaijani Romanian weightlifter. Yeah. She's basically just been popped in each yeah. country and just moved to the next every time. We we met her last year in Romania, actually. We're like, we didn't, oh, yeah. we didn't really, she didn't really have an English, did she? I don't remember. She didn't talk to us. She didn't she talk, did. Yeah, she didn't talk to us. Didn't uh, she no, was just kind of training when we were there um, for most of the week. She's a serious athlete. Oh, it's unbelievable. Her though. back squat is absurd. She oh, scores mental. like 160 at 55 or something. I, like, I remember when we were over there, she like wasn't training. She just like huh. she was just kind of tipping away, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. Did she like clean ninety kilos or something someday? And I just remember looking, being like, "Who the fuck is this?" Yeah, and Joe, it's just like to be not training and to be doing some like physical activity in the gym, and then like, I, yeah, it's crazy strong. I think she's done one eighty in training at her body weight, which would be just uh-huh. phenomenal. Um, apparently she's still trying to fight her her like bands and stuff like really legally like and one of her friends is there and he was just like she just needs to kind of let it go like obviously nobody ever wins that like no country ever wins that thing like once you test positive that's it forever basically yeah uh, yeah how do we even get, i reckon so how do we even get under her you're talking about a Moldovan who changed his passport oh, yeah. <laughs> that just sums up weightlifting in general doesn't we're it? talking about Thomas Allen oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Thomas <laughs> Allen, never before I've seen the new president so uh, what's the like you'd be much more in the know than we would say but what do you think the the kind of fallout from this is going to be do you think it's going to be IOC intervention or will it just be fuck it we'll just have to wait and see until December until they vote on inclusions for Paris I mean ultimately both of those things are IOC intervention aren't they it's like yeah. either they get involved now and give us a chance to change or they get involved in December and kick us out yeah I, I hope it I hope it's the former and I hope they find a way to do it that makes the people who are currently in charge realize how short-sighted they're being yeah because like you know it's like what you learn when you're like three is the fact that you can have delayed gratification and you can do bad things now to make better things happen later but they're just like no give yeah, us yeah. like the ability to compete this time and they can't think about anything beyond that and, yeah. and obviously they need to start doing that but uh, I wonder how it feels for the athletes who are in the kind of cohort who would benefit from, from this like because obviously they have no power but like someone like you know Rossami or Nordina mm. is she set up she's kind of heading for the Olympics anyway isn't she Toma yeah I mean she's like ranked highly enough it's just the fact that Romania have had enough pops to be disqualified oh yes yes, yes. and so they're basically trying to delay the court process so that they can't be ruled as having like they're trying to make that happen after the Olympics so that then Romania will serve their ban in you know end of 2021 and 2022 so they're just trying to delay things but you know if if it goes through the courts as it should do then she shouldn't go to the Olympics as much as obviously like it's great to watch a lift because she's cool to watch mm-hmm. but you know yeah really she should and and to be honest all of these things like if if saving weightlifting means we don't get to see her and we don't get to see lasher not saying he's on you know <laughs> we don't I'll get to see say, these say, good let me stop you right there i'll say it he's 100 percent on gear yeah <laughs> um but like it's worth it like you know these guys yeah. are cool to watch but they're not worth it they're really not no not one person yeah. like no one lift their performance like like Ilya in 2014 at the time 
that was an amazing class but like yeah. two years later what does it mean like for the sport like it doesn't mean anything now anymore well nah, you nah. know in some ways obviously it's still a great performance but it's still not a, a defining moment of the whole sport yeah so. yeah yeah. No I actually one... sat and watched some LAS and I don't really ever watch weightlifting believe it or not but like I just went on YouTube and I just put on some of those old earlier training videos from before 2014 yeah and I watched the one, it's like August 2014, so it's a month before he competes, and he snatches 189 and cleaning jerks 241. Yeah. Those videos are just so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching those as they came out every week. It was just, it was yeah. like the best soap opera ever. Like, it was just unbelievable. Because <laughs> yeah. he starts off really, f- like, kind of skinny. Terrible. Out of yeah, yeah. Barely power cleaning, like, 120 for triples, sweating profusely. And then four months later he's like like huge just annihilating 241 and 246 yeah. and stuff and you're like what in the fuck yeah you remember that squat jerk video came out of him that 245 hook rip it up I remember where I was yeah. I was coming back from, <laughs> I was coming back from Germany I was sitting in the airport and I remember like it just came up my phone I was like alien alien squat jerk 245 just being like when your brain is like what the fuck is yeah. this yeah, so, yeah. Like, just something you're not expecting like that was just uh, and then he like attempted a 250 clean and stuff like what a guy yeah that's like when you go from order into chaos because you've like built up this level of order surrounding what you think like the scaffolding of weightlifting is what's mm-hmm. possible yeah what fits where you've categorized everything you know what numbers can happen and i remember it too then seeing that 245 and it's suddenly like this architecture of weightlifting i built isn't right yeah. like it's yeah. wrong because this thing's just happened that's so far outside of what <laughs> i thought was possible like i need to reevaluate everything and yeah. it's, it's rare that you see a lift like that but 100 percent that 245 was one of those lifts uh, he's uh, squat jerking one kilo below your best ever clean and jerk doesn't make any sense at those no. numbers it no. just makes no sense like there is nothing about that that you can be like well this happened yeah. because sometimes when lifters have good oscillation on the bar it just doesn't make sense full stop no. now there's just no reason for that to happen like it makes you think like did he make a mistake not training it as his lift because he always had more in the clean than in the jerk yeah, yeah. like you know even 250 like the clean was heavy but like he did make the clean and yeah, to be fair yeah. i suppose he did jerk 250 out the rack but like to hit 245 as a lift that you don't train yeah like, you'd think if you just trained it more frequently you'd always make what you could clean at that level yeah, yeah. and you should be able to you know the interview did him in mendoha did I don't know if he misspoke but it sounded like he said he attempted a 255 squat jerk from the rack <laughs> and he said he couldn't stand up or something I don't <laughs> remember that actually. I think because I was because I sometimes I put on like training videos in the background like I'll put on your things or like Iron Mind you know, when I'm training the, the cold shit or whatever <laughs> but I'm like and, and I remember being like did he say 255 and he couldn't stand up but I was like there's just no way like surely not a 255 yeah. squat jerk from the rack that like there's times I wish there was just HD videos like 4K on lifters on yeah. all of their training sessions. Like, I've asked the Gabriel about this, you know, when he did his best lifts, like when he cleaned like 230 and stuff, and I was like, did why did no one video this? Like, and he's like, oh, coach, coach wouldn't let us and stuff. But like, really? Yeah. Just, just give it a few years and then like release it. Like, you know, people want to see that. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, that's what's wanted. Like, I suppose back then, though, videoing lifts wasn't as much of a thing. Like, Gabriel's. Uh, coach just would not let them have a camera like no way for the mm. 190 he let him video the snatch before wasn't it was it 182 he did it was two, 2011 he did he's like 190 225 I suppose weightlifting wasn't that big and like well it wasn't the the grow for like I remember I clipped like a 160 clean jerk from the warm up of Luz Arjun from the like the entire Eurosport and it got like a hundred and something thousand views 
So they'll tell you that was so they'll tell you how little weightlifting videos there was. Yeah, there, yeah. Then, like so. Do you know how hard it is to get that many views on YouTube now? It's impossible. <laughs> you can't do that with a weightlifting video. It's so hard. Yeah. There's no 160 clean and jerk by anyone that would ever work for that. Like no. I d- I don't know why it must have been something in the, like the YouTube, the way it worked or something, the way it just prompted people because like. Yeah. I've a lot of those old uh, like weird videos of like alien self training and like they just get so many views. That's well, it just was yeah. There were fewer videos and then also, I think people expected less so like you there were so many videos now you've got to like constantly fight for the attention of the consumer with like the right title and the right thumbnail and everything mm-hmm. but back then it was like you, you you didn't need to see Lu Zhaojun's back at the bottom of a squat jerk with 160 for people to click it yeah. they would just see like you know just him sat on a bench or something and that would be enough to yeah, like yeah. get people to click because what else are they going to watch yeah but now there's so many videos of Lu Zhaojun that you have to have a ridiculously good picture to yeah. get people to click it so it's harder yeah like sometimes there's videos of yours that I I would I know if they were up like you know that like Andre Ramnow in the training hall thing on 90 snatch like if you put which that one, sorry? You know, a Andre Ramnow or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one ninety. Like if that was up mm-hmm. like five or six years ago, like you can bet you would have hundreds of thousands of views on that. Like because yeah, he was such a good lifter, but so mysterious and like so little footage of him. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like it's obviously tens of thousands of views now, but like it's not the same kind of like impact mystique. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's like I think it. If I'd have started posting those videos, like like you said, five years ago, even three years ago, the number of subscribers that we'd have would be ridiculous. Mm. Like at least it would be significantly higher. But then it's I think it's the same on Instagram. Like I got in just early enough whereby like people would follow Weightlifting House because there were new lifts. But now there are so many pages that just steal original lifts and yeah, post them yeah. that can't grow. And I think part yeah. of that is just because there's so much you know, weightlifting has been saturated on Instagram. So for me, it was hard to reach. Well, it wasn't, you know, I've just hit a hundred thousand on Instagram, well but like a nice. hundred thousand, a hundred thousand on YouTube is like so tough because I feel like I just turned up to it a bit late. Like yeah. it might happen one day, but yeah, it's, it's surprisingly hard. Yeah. Um, I think the last time we spoke to you, you were, you were kind of mentioning that you were like kind of rationing your footage, almost your content. Uh, how are you doing yeah. that now? Obviously the weightlifting news show, is um is a great Sneaky. weekly feature yeah, yeah. it's doing very well <laughs> yeah that's a good one because you don't run out of footage because you're just taking footage from people um <laughs> but like, and no no one seems to mind which is good and and like i think it comes under editorial fair use because yeah. if you're you're adding to it you're not just taking it um you know there's commentary and all that sort of stuff over it but yeah i mean we i've still got quite a lot of pretty good training sessions to post um which i will i will do um I'll probably do it. Yeah, I'll probably release most of them over the next few months, to be honest. I've got quite a lot. Oh, I suppose you're kind of concerned, like, even maybe early next year, you still, like, or mid next year, maybe you'd be kind of limited but where you can go still, I suppose, really. Yeah, I have no idea where. I mean, I think it might even come down to just messaging some people that we know and just saying, can we just come and stay with you for a week? Like, just go and stay with Mezzo again. Or, Mm. you know, I'd love to go and spend a week with, um, like, Ritfasu Harovs in Latvia. Holy shit, I was just going to say that to you, actually. Yeah, yeah, that would be be sick. Very, very good. I'd love to see um, what he's training. Like, have you talked to him before? Are you going to... I've spoken to him in person, like, briefly uh, in in Doha, actually. And then on Instagram, like, just a few things, just saying, like, well done, good comp, nice lift, that sort of stuff. And he seems like a really nice guy, so I feel like that would be a lot of fun. Um, um, we're gonna there's try. not that much in the USA anymore that gets 
you know, I think because the US lifters are all on Instagram, they post everything. Yeah. Like if you post a video, even if it's like the most popular lifter like Matty Rogers, if you post a Matty Rogers training session on YouTube, it's not no one's gonna watch it because like Yeah, they see just, it every day. You don't yeah. just see all of her lifts anyway. Her lifts are great and like you know, but you're not gonna click it. But if you can get to some parts, like I feel like if I could just go to China or something yeah, like that, yeah, that yeah. would be where it's at. But you would surely of all people would Lou Lou Zajun and Cole would they be able to get you in i've probably got more of a chance than anyone else yeah. yeah but um but it's still not easy yeah, yeah. have you asked have you tried have you kind of mentioned as um well? yeah so i was gonna go last december to tianjin for the world cup uh because it was in lu's hometown oh. and so the lu and Barbo guys were like you know we can help you out with that you can come stay with us and then something ha- oh I, I went to i went to qatar so that that's why that didn't happen in oh, the end. okay I chose that because I was like, I can stay there for you know, four weeks and live with Ilya and Mezzo. Like, that's too good to pass up. Yeah. But at some point, I would like to. I'd like to get something of Lou as well before he, you know, before he retires. Um, but I imagine Lou Jaja and Barbell also are trying to get as much footage of him as well before he retires because, like, that's yeah. how they've grown. So their, their audience has grown. I mean, they're easily the fastest growing Instagram page in weightlifting. Yeah. Um, they're so stingy. And, or they've always shit footage. Like, surely yeah. someone in the entire company can be like, I'm going to buy a good camera and we're going to video good sessions of Lou. Like, surely yeah. someone can do it. Like, well, no, I think it's when they go to competitions, they have good cameras that they film, but they're not act, like the Lou Jones and Barbell guys aren't actually like with Lou. Like, they're. You know, they just own his name basically. Oh, so okay. Lou and Lou's training partners, or whatever, just take videos of them training on WeChat or whatever, and then the Lou Jordan Barber guys just take the footage and post it. You know, so okay, yeah. you know who's the most annoying is Tian Tao when he makes those stupid like collage videos and there's no lifting. Oh, I love him. Or he'll have like <laughs> he'll like walk out with a two seventy front rack and you're like going to front squat it and then he'll cut to him being in front of the camera like this or doing push ups in the river and you're like what the fuck is this shit? Show me the squat like. Or she's a young and it's just like a close up of his calf for some reason. Yeah. And then it's like a fish. And then it's his hand holding a fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Yeah, they're like if you could get those three lifters on like. If you had like a week or two footage of those training, like proper training, not like pre-camp training, but like legitimate, yeah, like full sessions, you know, where you get to see the grittiness, I think that would be. Mm. But um, red fires would be very interesting that way. I'd love to see what they're doing, like and yeah, for sure, multiple squats. Maybe and Columbia as well would be a lot of fun. There are a lot of great lifters in Columbia. Yeah, yeah, um, they're training. You know, Jonathan so. Rivas, but then yeah, people always want to know about what's going on with like. Uh, uh, what's the guy who was the 77 who set all the junior world record? Jason uh, Lopez. Oh, yes, yes. Um, CrossFit, but it looks things. Yeah, yeah, I saw him. Yeah, 100, 100 kilo power cleans today yeah. for like sets of five. I don't know what that is, but I think he got popped or, or internally popped or something, so he can't compete. But there, oh. I mean, there's lots of great places to go, but I, I mean, I actually feel like just straight footage is dying out a little bit now, but it's just because you can get so much of it on Instagram. Just mm-hmm. posting training yeah. sessions isn't the thing that's gonna be of interest to people. Like you have to have more. So I feel like it almost has to go to um, almost like documentary style things where you're spending a week with an athlete yeah, and you're going yeah. out for food with them and then you're filming them at home. And like I feel like people just always want more and more context to everything. Yeah. And initially, the only context you needed from seeing a lifter in competition was seeing like one of their training sessions to see them struggle yeah and that was enough for you to buy in Mm -hmm. and now everyone knows all of those training sessions so then you need an interview 
and then you want the personal life and then you want the backstory so it just it always gets more and more sort of then deep you, with what people need then you want I think that's the goal and in your cycle how are they passing tests <laughs> <laughs> they um did you watch um gregor and um, uh, dr boffa's with ghoul the, in taipei that was very good and that was very good like uh i think i watched the first one there uh, yeah they went out for food yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they um he's on i think they released like two three or four of those now and they're like um mm. they're very interesting but obviously that's, cool. that's a huge expense obviously and it takes a lot of time like and yeah 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 it's hard to no, see that's that's the sort of thing i'm thinking like that that is actually the way to go like that sort yeah. of thing like there's a lot of lifters that you i suppose just the current environment is really the killer like being able to travel like and kind mm-hmm. of do that quarantine yeah. yeah especially during quarantine i mean if it wasn't for quarantine i could go around and like get the footage like it would be a lot of fun yeah um, because ultimately i think it just grows the brand so you're gonna like you know you're gonna make more sales even if you have to spend all this money up front to go and live with someone but yeah it's worth it long term just you know being like the go-to place for this sort of comp you know this sort of footage or whatever the, the important thing about that though is you got to be first like you can't be second with those things like you know mm-hmm. if you if you went to Latvia or like Taipei after all things gym with Gregor and stuff like it wouldn't be as impactful or like kind of yeah 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 to the viewer yeah and and he's got such good cameras <laughs> and I've got yeah. such a bad camera <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous like the difference with what I have and then what everyone else has when they're at a competition they've got like all of these lenses and like bluetooth on the cameras and like yeah. it's crazy and then like to be honest like my this phone i think actually has a better camera than like my camera now <laughs> <laughs> i'm at the point where like actual mobile phones have got better cameras than the than the one that i'm using but when gregor was over here he's a camera that was like fifteen thousand dollars or something <laughs> there was one for that? photos and you crazy, sound like an ak-47 going off next to your head oh, he gave it to me one time <laughs> And he was like, yeah, I'm going to video Clarence when there. And he was like, will you take photos to finish training? And it was literally like, I was holding like a down payment on a mortgage, basically in my hand. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was yeah. like a machine gun. And he was like, just point the squares at Clarence. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's next level. And then if like, if you think that's good, then you see Nats. And like, I think it's enough. I, I believe, I, I mean, I don't know much about this stuff, but I think it's another level up. Yeah. What hook grip has. Yeah, <laughs> well, we know Nats a drug lord, basically, like or whatever he's doing or selling, like gold or whatever yeah yeah he's doing really well i think i think hope grip again like they just they got in at such a good time and and they and and that's always produced like i like i think that everything he's done has always been high quality yeah like whether it's the footage or whether it's been products like even stuff like you know at worlds he gave me a lanyard to put around my neck like even that was a really nice lanyard lanyard yeah, you know? yeah <laughs> he just yeah. you know it just does good stuff how so. patronizing is that here you go <laughs> <laughs> you get no what, what it was is like um yeah it was we all had our like iwf worlds you know things yeah and we had an iwf world lanyard and he was just going around to all the media people and giving them hook grip ones nice. because they had like it had the hook grip logo it had a really nice like embossed like hook grip logo finish yeah and then he handed out this really nice hook grip badge and it was so nice i was like i guess i'll wear it but then i'm walking around <laughs> and i just look like i'm filming for hook oh shit yeah that's <laughs> such so a good everyone, idea but yeah he's he's and he's also just very smart like you can tell he's like a ridiculously smart guy yeah yeah um but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with all of these businesses. And like, it just goes to show that it's only getting bigger. Like the fact that you two are now f- completely full time on this, mm-hmm. it just shows that like 
the the demand for all of this stuff and for programming and knowledge and everything to do with strength sports is still increasing yeah there are still more and more people able to make a living off it yeah which is amazing yeah i think the so i think the people who are already involved in weightlifting are probably as invested as like as they're going to be but i think for general populations like people who are just going to the gym now are just so into like strength training in particular but just so into the whole gym culture that like everything is getting bigger exponentially like yeah. and i don't yeah. think it's impacting on anything else like i think it's like spots on the outside of a balloon and you're inflating the balloon and everything is going up like it's not like the interest is taking away from other sports um mm-hmm. it's definitely just like the amount of my friends who'd have no like they wouldn't have known what a barbell was two years ago and now they're like Joe talking about lifts on Instagram or talking about like how many days a week they're training or the programming they're following. Absolutely. It's a crazy change. Yeah. Mm. Are you training? Yeah, I, am I training? Yeah. Uh, a little bit. I tell you what I did do was I, I booked in to go and start training at a new weightlifting gym. No. So way. that's like the biggest thing. I did. I, yeah. Last weekend I was just thinking like, okay, let's evaluate all of the things that are going well. And then what are the two things that are causing me a disproportionate amount of stress? And one of them was just, I feel like I'm not training enough. And in the past, not training was like devastating, as you guys know. Like mm-hmm. if you can't train, it's awful. But I felt like I had enough stuff to do with weightlifting house that it sort of filled that hole. Mm-hmm. And then I suddenly realized like uh, it's getting, it's coming back to the point where I just need to be in the gym again. Yeah. So there's a really good gym, like just out that way. Um, and they've got, you know, pretty good equipment. They've got a load of platforms. So I, I messaged them and just said, like, what's the situation with the team? Can I join? And they basically said, there's no team, but yeah, just come and train. So I'm going to start <laughs> training there. Oh, I um, what, are you having so, some issues yeah. with weightlifting or gyms closing down, are you? Or some kind of, there's a big hoo-ha in Liverpool, I see some. Uh... In Liverpool, yeah, I believe that the gyms are technically supposed to be closed. And then a bunch of them are staying open. And they're being fined for doing so. But they at the same time, then the gyms have like a Kickstarter going to raise money from the general public who support them. Yeah. So like they, one of these gyms just got like a 10,000 pound fine, but they've already just raised 30 grand on, on Kickstarter. So Jesus. Like nice. every time they get fined, they just, they pay the fine. They're just breaking the law, but they're just constantly doing it. Yeah. And it's, it's probably a good publicity stunt. Like it's going to generate a lot of new members and a lot of membership loyalty. So yeah, it's actually probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Is that, is that just in Liverpool or is it like nationwide gyms are supposed to be closed? Or are they all like, okay, in some parts? No, they're still open here in Birmingham. Because we have, I, I don't know how it is there, but like we have a three-tier system now. I assume you've got the same thing going. Maybe we have like five. five levels. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. We, so we've got three. But like our three, <laughs> it's like our three, instead of it being like good, average, bad, it's like bad, really bad terrible like it starts with bad <laughs> yeah so it's like it's restriction is level one like things aren't going well follow these restrictions then it's things are even worse that's where birmingham is and then it's like things it's just a shit storm and that's liverpool so yeah um we're allowed our gyms open but there's i think there's probably timing limits on it and that sort of stuff uh, and i don't think you're allowed to go to the gym with anyone outside of your house so like i couldn't meet a friend and go to the gym yeah but i could still go to the gym yeah yeah yeah, yeah. are you like 
you kind of have a bit of back injury for a while, didn't you? You mentioned before. Are you yeah. kind of like heading back weightlifting? Are you just going to do a bit of training or what's the... I'm going to try a bit of weightlifting. Like yesterday I did some training just just here, like a load of upper body, body weight stuff, pull-ups, press-ups. I've got um, some dumbbells. So I was just like hinging over at the hip and doing, you know, YSTs, Ws, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff for, you know, upper back. And just like holding that isometric position with like five kilos, I can just feel that like the tiniest muscle in my back, like quivering like with fear that i'm gonna like hurt it again but i i figure like i probably part of me not being able to train is just something that i'm inflicting on myself like the longer you don't train Mm -hmm. the more you build it up in your mind as being an issue yeah i'm sure if i'd have attacked my injury in the same way that i'd attacked you know weightlifting house i'd be training right now you know i just i just haven't prioritized it well enough so i desperately need to start doing that again and so what are the goals seb what you want to snatch and clean and jerk 120, 150. Nice. Like, they're not even good numbers, but like, I've been so close. Like, I've been under 150 a bunch of times and like halfway up and just couldn't stand up because I got poverty squat. <laughs> and then I've missed 120 behind too many times. So, like, I just have to, I feel like I've got to hit those numbers. Yeah. 2050. Yeah. <laughs> By Christmas? That would be good. Yeah, that would be really good. We'll see. I might. I don't know. Like, they've got to be some performance-enhancing drugs that like clear up back injuries. So maybe <laughs> if I can find something, I'm sure they all and use that. that as my excuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going on, then then maybe I can, you know, yeah, ride the like, no, residual gains. Just put on like 15 kilos of lean muscle mass. Yeah. Add <laughs> add 100 kilos to your squat and be like, no, I just started taking this stuff from my back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or yeah. like, if you can't find the content, you got to make the content yourself. Like, so just you know. Yeah, no one's gonna watch me well they might watch me talk about people like you lifting because i've had you, i've mentioned you on the news show or clarence but like people aren't gonna watch me to talk about myself lifting like i'm just if, if the thumbnail was like enough. seb from weightlifting house takes gear and squats 300 kilos everybody that would watch, watch that, that. everybody would I'll watch that be straight honest no one else would if you put yeah. anyone else 300 kilo squat you'd be like um yeah okay that makes sense but if you'd said 300 kilo squat you'd be like that would be definitely <laughs> one of the most viewed things like yeah that would actually probably do well i got like i get a couple of messages every now and then from people on the youtube channel saying like you know do you lift how much do you lift what are your numbers and that's that's kind of nice and then one guy just commented the other day saying um you're like you look so skinny you obviously don't lift you have no idea what you're talking about oh my god <laughs> and i was just like yeah i mean I d- i'm not like the biggest guy but like i'm kind i'm actually pretty big compared to most i like on screen when i'm not next to anyone i don't look very big but like in terms of like height and weight i'm like relatively large yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, but like uh, but some of the comments are fantastic like i got another one which is actually my all-time favorite comment which was um I've never seen someone with two. I've never seen someone with two lazy eyes before. <laughs> Holy <laughs> just shit! Like, you just have to like. It's just because I, I like I recognize that I basically always look high. Like my eyes are always a bit kind of droopy, mm-hmm. but like I just see that comment and like it just cracks me up. Honestly, like I yeah, find yeah. that sort of thing funny. So there are... you, you have to like you yeah. have to enjoy it. Otherwise, you'll end up getting trolls. Oh yeah, you have to be untrollable. Well, the YouTube comments can be an absolute zinger sometimes. Like yeah, some people just have their moments where they could not be funnier, and it's immortalized in the YouTube comments. Like, yeah. Um, so you like said you how was your weightlifting house program doing? I see you post on your Patreon. Do do um do you get a lot of people involved with that? Like, do you kind of? Uh, uh, I mean, I so I don't write that. Josh writes that. Okay. 
And just kind of, and I'm not even sure why we do it necessarily. I actually think we've just undervalued it massively because we just put it there as like on the $1 tier just to get okay. people to sign up to Patreon. It was like a like a hook line, just a, a bit of bait basically to get people on. Um, and now that we have it there, I kind of just feel like, why do we have that? Because how can you offer like, you know, 50 pound, 100 pound programming now when there's like yeah, $1 yeah. programming yeah, on you there? You can never bring up the price. No, so I'm I'm considering just getting rid of that. What I want to do is start selling like individual, pro like whole programs, not not for people to necessarily follow because I actually think this would be really dumb. But like, basically, get some like Ilya and just pay him for his pre 2014 training program. Yeah, like all written out and then sell that as a thing, oh. just so people can like look at it or like get mezzos or like get Kate Nyes and just try and like just sell those individual ones and then pay the athletes for them or the yeah. coaches or whatever. Yeah, but because like, I would have just loved to have seen like, what is Andrea Romnau's program? Like, what does it look like? What does he do like all the time? Yeah. I feel like that would be kind of interesting because it like, I'm be. trying to move away from being the person who like I, is the coach or is the athlete. I just want to like report on it or be the platform where you can get the stuff. Yeah. So I don't really want to be programming for people anymore. Like I, I, in fact, I've dropped like the number of people I coach is like, it's so low now. I'm just gradually getting rid of people. So, yeah. Um, I would As they all like get popped in this program. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> what kind of? That's a very good idea, actually. Um, yeah. I remember Gabriel mentioned before that he's going to try to sell his program pre Rio to his pre 2016. Mm. Um, that'd be very interesting to see what people have. But there. I would pay him for it if he was interested in it. You should definitely say it to him if you're thinking. Yeah, Because yeah. he he would um I imagine he would still have it. That's definitely mm. something I would look like. What kind of price range would you think about selling that at? It's it's so hard to know. Yeah. Yeah. I find like I mean maybe like twenty dollars, thirty dollars, yeah. something like that. Mm. Geez, that'd um, be so interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Elias would be snatch and then snatch more next week and clean and jerk more next week and then clean and jerk more next week. I think what would be nice is if you could have like annotation from the athlete though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like either like specific to the actual day, like you know, you could see what they'd written that day, or you're probably not going to get that, but just like them writing, you know, on this Wednesday at 75%, the goal is to just be snappy. Yeah. yeah. Because we've got, we've got 95% tomorrow and, you know, we want to rest up and this is what coach says or whatever. Yeah. Like that sort of stuff would be kind of interesting. You, you would yeah. have to make people sign a liability waiver because you know multiple people would try to run those <laughs> They programs. would try it. Yeah. 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 Having trained yeah. twice a week for the last four months so that they're like, I'll go straight to nine times a week. Yeah. yeah, you know someone. Would do that. Yeah, everybody do that. would do that. Seb, you know what would I be... did that? <laughs> do you know what would be the really interesting was the other program alongside that program, the protocols, the supplement protocols along that. Oh, that would be so fascinating. Yeah, that would be them. I was listening to Mendes one yesterday. It was very good actually. You know, when the line he goes, "Yeah, uh, Bros wasn't really into programming." I couldn't stop laughing. I thought that was the yeah. funniest part of the whole podcast. <laughs> well, he wasn't really. Wait, was that? The podcast he did with me. Yeah, you're the one, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Bros's podcast uh, program is just, I mean, it, it literally is just Snatch Clean and Jerk, and it, it's very much like the changes that are made are because I'm there watching you and I tell you to make a change because I see something that you can't see, which I think is, like, fair. Like, a lot of yeah. good coaches yeah. do it like that. But, um, yeah, you couldn't sell a John Bros program no. because it just, you know, well, it'd it be just one, wouldn't work. It'd be one page, like... Yeah, snatch, clean and jerk, max. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. what would be hilarious if you had, this would be like more for your own entertainment than everything else, but if you had the exact program the athlete did for the six months 
and then you asked them what they did for six months, oh I think God. it would just be like, no, never, never make snatch from blocks. And then it's like <laughs> every Monday evening session and Friday morning session is snatch from blocks and like no no never go above 90% except one time per week and then it's like oh they maxed oh, five <laughs> times a week you know have you noticed that about elite athletes that they just lie or, or they don't know that they're lying about something like that say they never do something in training and then they'll yeah. do multiple times like I don't know why yeah. we've seen students that multiple times and it drives us crazy we're like why, why? with, we with a few different people yeah, just multiple like, some of the best weightlifters, like, and you see... Who, who out of interest? We'll tell you after. We, yeah. It'd okay. be like, yeah. never from the hang. Yeah. Never, ever, <laughs> never from the hang. And then you'd be doing this warm-up exercise, and it'd be like, hang snatches with straight legs, or like... Yeah. And it'd be like, we do this every time before we snatch. And you're like, we just said you don't do any hang snatches. It's yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell you, we'll tell you something after. So. That's cool. Yeah. It happens, if, I know that with Team China, like, they always talk about, we do, like... You know, half of all of our classical lifts are from the hand. And then I've spoken to like Lou and she, and I've heard from Tian, it's like, we never do anything from the hand ever. Yeah, like, really? literally ever. And it's like, right, okay. I mean, you're the best from that <laughs> yeah. country and you don't do the thing that you're known for doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, we don't really still know what they do, really, like the best Chinese lifters, because we just see like yeah. random, like, power cleans or random max lifts. Like, you know, yeah. that, that is something I'm really interested in, like, see. Like the variation they do, because we know they do loads mm. of fucking bodybuilding and loads of heavy pulls. But like in relation to lifts, like do they do they like a lot of volume or do they just do like loads of volume of pulls and then do heavy? Lifts? I think they do. From what I know, they do two back squat sessions a week, one very high volume. That could be like seven sets of five or ten sets of three or five sets of five, like pretty high. And then on the other day, they do very high intensity, very low volume. So it might be like. Oh, it could literally just be a one RM because they do yeah. so many heavy singles in the squats or a three or a, or a three by two or something like that. Just like high intensity, low volume. And then they pull heavy, I think twice as frequently as they squat. So they do a lot of like, you know, snatch deadlifts, a lot of clean deadlifts. Partly that's just because anatomically they're built to squat. So they have to mm -hmm. focus so much on the pull. Yeah. So for, probably for like someone like me, if I was trying to do their style of programming, I would just switch those two. And I do like the frequency on the squats rather than the pulls. And then I think they probably do like on that high volume squat day around that same time of the week, they do very high volume snatch and clean and jerk like seven, eight, nine, ten triples kind of like, you know, Sincrayan style. Yeah. And then, and then heavy variations later in the week. And then every single day they do, I think they train twice a day in each training session. They do, two bodybuilding exercises for like three sets of 10 to 15 yeah which is a lot like i mean yeah. that's that's six sets of 10 every session twice a day it's 120 bodybuilding reps a day six days a week like there's that's why they're so jacked yeah it's like a mini bodybuilding session at the end of every training session so have you, have you watched lee sang's youtube we were counting every day we watched them and it's like <laughs> six, seven, eight different pressing exercises every single yeah. day, like two weeks really? before competition. It is mental. He'll do like push-ups, uh, strict press, thrusters, behind the neck press, uh, incline bench press, uh, weighted push-ups. Muscle snatch. Muscle snatch, flat bench press, hammer press with a machine, all in the same day and you're like... And then he'll go on to his evening session <laughs> and it would be like... <laughs> Fucking. in the same day yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah. everything really every yeah. youtube i watch he'll do like strict press and then straight away after he'll do thrusters from behind the neck and then he'll go to like weighted push-ups with his feet raised like it is mental oh my god no, no wonder he's so jacked 
he looks like a pit bull just yeah. like yeah yeah I wish he was a better lifter yeah he's, he's a good looking lifter to watch though yeah. isn't he yeah. yeah he's just not quite a, he's not a world medalist level lifter but no he moves so smoothly yeah. he's he's some man to miss three snatches and make the fourth <laughs> <laughs> we were talking we had Aaron Kroll on the podcast you know the animal kid he um, oh yeah he so basically his training was like or is like is loads of triples um, 75 working sets of pulls was it 75 working sets or reps? yeah 75 working sets oh yeah sets, sets a week of heavy pulls like 100% or more and then like they do pulls twice a day and he said Wait. they don't 10 plus sets a day on average yeah, yeah. so Maybe. his his morning session would be uh, what would it be? Five. Clean, clean pulls. So five by five clean pulls, five by five snatch pulls, uh, other way around, and then five by five in uh, back squat or front squat, and then the evening session he'd do uh, five by three in the snatch, five by three in like snatch deadlift or snatch pull, and then maybe another pulling exercise afterwards, and then a squat again. And he was saying for That's the morning session insane. it takes forty minutes, so he does start his first set of pulls. Uh, turns around, touches the wall, walks back to the bar, next set of pulls, turns around, touches the bar, next set of pulls. So there's no rest in between any of them. That can't, I mean, that can't be how... But then when you be, see him pulling surely. on a bar... But like 187, you're like, but you know when you make, he snatched 187, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just kind of like... Yeah, like, fine, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's literally no comeback to a 187 snatch. Like No, all. no, it's such a good snatch. Like, yeah. You can't... Anything yeah. but a super, you're like... And his pull is just phenomenally strong. Yeah. It's enormous. Yeah. yeah. And he's and obviously obviously doing seventy five working sets of pulls a week has had some influence. He, he yeah. did say it sounds crazy, but he's like uh he says it, it whatever works. He it said goes. on the podcast it was life changing. Yeah. He well, said doing I know, all those pulls. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I know this sounds wrong, but it was <laughs> life changing. Yeah, he's like it's, actually to be honest, it's one of our favourite podcasts. It's uh actually, you know before you go training go listen to that Aaron Cole podcast because you will be so fucking pumped he's just he so will kill the that inner might be bitch. a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Seb straight into 5x5 five five heavy snatch pull yeah. he is his, yeah. his snatch went from 140 to 160 in 8 weeks Jesus yeah, yeah. just yeah he's, he's, he's bloody strong I, we've had a thing for ages where basically the, the, the rule is once he snatches 190 I promised him I'd put it up on the Instagram Oh, yeah. Or, or, wait, has he hit 190? No, not yet. He's okay. been under it like it was 190. Then he says he's been under it loads of times. Yeah, uh, but he hasn't made it yet. He's um, he said it's still haunts him not actually 190 yet. That's <laughs> yeah, all of us, so, really. yeah, it's all you know. Everyone has that problem. Every day I wake up and I'm like, fuck, oh, I yeah. still haven't snatched 190. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seb, this has been an absolute pleasure. Do you so? Weightlifting House YouTube. How often does the you kind of? It's nearly every Thursday the Weightlifting News comes out. Like that is. Yeah, every Thursday. So like, I'll, I'll put one up. Now probably, uh, I've got one ready to go up. So yeah, and then I think w- the plan is for the rest of 2020 put a training video up as well every week. Nice. So like, Tuesday, yeah. Thursday, Monday, Thursday, something like that. Yeah. So this week we had Harrison versus Antonio Pizzolato. Great video. We'll try and do another one next week as well. Yeah. I was eating my honey nut post training the other night watching that. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, so Patreon, if you want to support, so you have your, you've got a lot of exclusive videos on there. Uh, Wait yeah. So Wait bars, plates, phenomenal straps. Um, 
Thank really you. nice. I think we're going to do an update. We did a review on straps before, but we kind of missed out some ah, of the, cool. the other players. So we'll probably do, we'll get yours. We might get some of the Onyx ones. Yeah. I think they're the only leather ones in the market that do weightlifting ones. Mm-hmm. And then there was, um, I think there's some uh, one or two more that we need to kind of add into that. Do Richmond? Add. Who's that? Are they? Richmond straps. They might be just American though. Oh, okay. I think that's what they're called. Richmond straps. Something like that. The reason I have yeah. bought Onyx is because they're like $50 for a pair of straps. Are they? Yeah, very expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot. And I think like they look really nice. I think yeah. they're sort of like, you know, part of what they're selling is the whole like craftsmanship style of oh, things. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, you know, like handmade leather you know rubbing in the oil yeah you know, yeah, yeah stuff that's uh, that's um, great until you have to train with them every day yeah and then yeah. it's just like oh i'm destroying this lovely handmade thing <laughs> yeah. Cheap yeah, and cheerful yeah. is what you want practical cheap cheerful yeah, yeah the yeah. first gym i worked in they all like all loads of, they got like 30 or 40 pairs of um what are those handmade leather weightlifting shoes at the timber heel Oh, it's like some Italian make. But anyway, they all went and ordered Rizzo? these. Rizzo. Rizzo. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so they all went and ordered them. They were terrible, weren't they? They they arrived just as I was like coming in and starting and training there. And I was like, oh. Risto. Having Risto Sports. Risto. Risto. That's Risto, it. that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. Risto. So like having come from a place where I'd have to buy like, you'd usually get two thirds or three quarts of a season out of a pair of rugby boots and then the yeah, boots just yeah. get thrown away you get new ones you get the same ones every time I was like if you're training in something why do you and they were like oh they're they're hand stitched and I was like everything <laughs> about this sounds wrong and then like sure enough a year later like there's two people still wearing the shoes and everybody else had Addy powers no. oh no yeah um, so uh, we have um, black straps as well coming out of Oh, very nice. Oh, very nice. Exclusive. Uh, oh, black oh, yeah. and white, the Sika colours as well. Oh, yeah, lovely. Oh, yeah. And uh, and red ones as well, so. Nice. But, yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. I no love problem. coming on. It's, oh, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. It's talk. great having you on. Um, anywhere else you want to send people or anything else you want to let people know about? Is there anything uh, you kind of... Oh, you've new fact, clothes. The only place, really, yeah, well, Weightlifting House store on, on Instagram is like our new page. Because we hit 100k, so now I want to build up another one. Nice. I feel like nice. that's enough. Like, yeah. that's enough people now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's enough DM. Weightlifting House store. That's 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 the main focus, I think, for, for you've, now. You've yeah. had some new um, apparel, don't you? New logos, kind of... Yeah, yeah, designs. new t-shirts. This, this thing. It's kind of yeah, cool. That's class. Yeah. Um, very Miami. We've got some, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like '80s Miami. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got like a pair of virus uh, tights coming out soon, which will be fun. Like we're doing a collaboration with them, so they're being made right now. So like, I'm pumped for that because I love virus. Yeah, like I'm wearing virus right now on my like lower half. Oh, they I've got virus the socks on as well. Nice. I love virus. Is it weightlifting um, leggings? Like, are they like padded or restrict, or is there kind of like reinforced or anything? Or are they just yeah, like- weightlifting? Yeah, a little bit of reinforcement on the on the thighs. Nice. So nice. yeah, pump for those. Yeah. I, I like virus. They're just they're just good quality stuff. Like they, the truth is, they cost a lot. Yes. Yeah. You also just lo- like when you get it, you just love it. Like yeah. it's yeah. so rare that a company produces something that you genuinely love, and they, they've done a good job of that. So yeah. All right. I We're wear not, a lot of you're virus. Not, they're not sponsoring this podcast, Cam. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, so, Seb, Wafting House. Um, fuck you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Talander, or whatever his name was supposed to be on the podcast. Yeah. Coach CZ. Don't, e- don't even know who he is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for that, Seb. Thanks, guys.